0: Anger Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org.
1: We hope you enjoy this talk. It's a delight to have our next guests with us, Johnny and Catherine. Uh, uh, Johnny is an electrician by trade, Catherine, a primary teacher. They're from Strade, and they serve on a church planting team in rural in the rural Muslim context in Southeast Africa. They speak two languages, though I'm reliably informed by my mother-in-law that if you count Ulster Scots, Johnny also speaks at least a third, if not maybe a fourth one that I don't know about other than those. You can tell us later. Uh, They're involved in community development projects there in Southeast Africa, uh, including the provision of clean water and also uh, literacy work among women. They serve with their two young children and Johnny and Catherine, uh, we're delighted to have you with us tonight. You're so welcome and we're looking to, to hear from you about your ministry. Well, good evening everybody and I just want to take an opportunity to say thank you very much for having us, for inviting us along and that we have this opportunity to share with you about the ministry which we're involved in. Now, we have an agreement. If I go on too long, Catherine's going to give me a kick. And if she goes on too long, I'm going to give her a wee kick. So hopefully, we can see a clock, and also, we'll be all right. But we're the goats, And as has been said, I served my time as an electrician. Um, worked for a while wiring houses. And then I worked for a while wiring hen houses for Moy Park, and things like that. Um, and Catherine's a primary school teacher. So how we ended up in missions, I don't really know. And I can't really explain. But um, really, tonight I just want to give you a little bit of our story and share a little bit of the work that we're doing, and also just leave some stories with you of the people that we're working with, and hopefully give you a vision to, to remember and pray for the people that we're working for and, and for the work that we're involved in. Uh, I'm from a farming background, and so is Catherine, and uh, we're involved in a rural ministry in Africa, and really, that sits us down to the ground. Um, I could never live in a big city and not really into too much traffic or too much noise or too much busyness. And so to be surrounded by goats and sheep and all those mm-hmm. sorts of things, suits me 100%. Um, I just want to tell you a little bit about the people that we're involved in, with. Um, the people that we're involved with are called the Yao. Now the Yao people are a majority Muslim people group. And whenever I say a majority Muslim people group, I, I mean they're about 99% Muslim. So to be Yao is to be Muslim. You can't separate the two out. It's very much their identity. Their whole community involves around their faith, evolves around Islam. Now, the type of Islam which they practice is folk Islam. And so that takes their Islamic beliefs and their traditional African beliefs and mixes them all together. And yes, they're very much Muslim. They go to mosque, but they also go to witch doctor and they do all those African things as well. But if you were to ask a Yao person what their religion was, they would have no problem. The first thing they would tell you is, we're Muslim. Now, the Yao are very poor. Um, I would say most people could probably live on a pound a day, no problem. They're subsistence farmers, so what they plant and grow, they eat. And that's how most of them survive. Some of them have other jobs, um, maybe carpenters or... Barbers or tailors, things like that. But the majority of people plant and grow what they eat, and so that's how they survive. Um, There's a high literacy rate, especially among women, and so um, schooling is lagging very badly. They, They basically children don't really go to school. If they do go to school, they don't really learn anything. They speak, as I said, they speak their own tribal language, and so. The lang- we speak a little bit of portuguese and we speak um this part of the tribal language now i was never very good at language at school at all and so it's a, a struggle every day we sort of do language learning and we, we we try our best to get on with the language and we just have to give glory to god for that because um if it wasn't for him and if it wasn't for his help then i don't think i could probably speak a word of Our language and so it's only through god that we um, were able to, to even communicate with these people. Um, so yeah, we've been with the YAL now for about two and a half years. Um, I never ever thought we would be involved in missions. Never, I was growing up, I just wanted to stay on the farm and farm and run after sheep and cows. And then I got out to wiring houses and I loved it. and I was spent 12 hours a day working and never ever thought that we would ever be involved in missions. Catherine had on short-term mission trips and was more interested in missions and really, it wasn't until we got married that God started to work and move in my heart and in Catherine's heart and coming through events like Bangor Worldwide which had a I think a great push pushed us towards missions in a, in a big way and hearing of the need in the world for for people to hear about Christ and I um, just have to give glory to God for, for changing my heart in that way and changing my, my view in the world and the need of, of Christ.
0: All um. right. So as Johnny has said, um, I was a primary school teacher and Johnny's an electrician and whenever we went out then to first of all we went for a year to live in portugal to learn portuguese and johnny for the first time went to university full-time and learned portuguese and so because in where we live we needed to be able to speak portuguese but then when we arrived two and a half years ago out in africa we knew then that we'd be living in a rural context in a village which is a beautiful location it's beautiful sunrises beautiful sunsets and it's very rural and many mud brick houses. Um, and we knew we would need to start to learn the tribal language. So we've been learning um, the tribal language of Chiao. So it's the Yao people, and their language is Chiao. We've been learning that for just over two years now, as we've been living in and immer- immersed really in the village that we live in. Um, and so our children are six and three and our six-year-old is really bilingual and she puts us to shame because she picked it up no problem. Of course, she was just the perfect age. And sometimes the women in the village might say, oh, go and bring Rebecca over and, you know, and they'll say it to her so she can say it more clearly to me because we, of course, take longer to learn. But as Johnny said, just glory to God now that we can talk and we can share Jesus and we can talk with our Yao neighbours and build relationships and get to know the people that we live with. And so one of the ministries that I was able to get involved in, once we moved to that Yao village, um, one of the women said to me, and I, we were just praying that God would open doors in the directions he wanted us to go in as we build relationships with the people. That we lived among and were able to share Jesus with people in whatever way God opened a door and one day I was just out um, speaking to the woman not long after we moved to this Yao village and we're starting to live there and one of the women asked me if I could teach her how to read and um, she had never gone to school, she didn't know how to read, she didn't know how to speak the national language of Portuguese, she could just speak her her heart language of Chiao, but she couldn't read. And she said, would you teach me? And I thought, well, I said, yeah, I mean, that's what I did as a primary school teacher. I taught P2 mostly, P1, P2 mostly, and then was teaching children how to read. And so, God opened the door in that in that way and we had a group of 11 approached me and asked if I could teach them how to read in their own language of Chiao so we started a language class in the village and so about half of them it took about a year long program and half of them stuck at it another half kind of got distracted with other things along the way but it was such a joy and just God opening that door of being able to read through the book of Luke that we have we don't have all of the bible in Shea but we have the book of Luke and being able to see one woman in particular Mama Felici go from zero knowledge of how to read and then reading through all of the book of Luke with her and just to be able to plant the seed of God's word in people's lives and reading through just stories about Jesus. And that was a great opportunity just to have that and build relationships with these women and just get to know them and meet with them all those days. And it was a really good opportunity from the Lord in that way. Um, and another thing that we're we're involved in as a, as a team then is water borehole projects. So last year we um, were able to put in five, had the opportunity to put five, new clean water boreholes in uh, three different villages very rural so the village we live in there are borehole, clean wells but we don't have running water in our house or our um, the village doesn't have electricity we have solar panels so we have some electricity in our, our own house but there's just a local um, water pump which gives clean water. So we were able to go out to more rural villages again that didn't have any clean water. The, the women go, um, went every day to the river and spent hours bringing water back on their heads, very labor intensive, and just having the opportunity to come bring these people clean water, as well as sharing the story of Jesus, and that's why we're coming and to bring them the water of life. And just to start and have a door open in those villages that would have been closed off to be able to go back, and we've been able to go back and villi- um, visit with those villages and build relationship and just continue with that. So that's been a good opportunity. And this year we've also been continuing with that, um, um, putting in clean water in rural villages.
1: Yeah, so... We've been involved in a few projects, and really, what we would say is, we don't ever want to do a project just for the sake of doing a project. But always, we want to go with the aim of bringing the gospel to people, and the aim of building relationships so that we can visit again and we can share again, and we can be involved in people's lives. Um, but one of the one of my favourite things to do, and one of the things that really just um, I look forward to every week, is to have a me and a colleague. We we jump on our motorbikes and. We've got a group of guys, maybe about 15 k's off off the main road. It's on dirt roads. And um, those guys asked us, would we come and would we do a Bible study with them? Basically, would we read through God's Word with them? And so we've been going there for about six months, once a week. And so what I would say about the YAL are that mostly 99 out of 100 people we meet are very much that they, yes, they go and do their religion and everything, but that's just something that you do, and then you go on with everything else in life. But there's that one in a hundred who's a little bit curious and a little bit different, and these guys in this size are a little bit different. And these guys, whenever we brought God's Word, started to read it and started to say, this is good. We we want to do more of this and come back next week and bring more. And so we've been doing that for about six months now, and we're reading through Genesis with them, Um, and one of the guys especially just is eating it up. And he's read through it all himself. Um, he's went back to the start now, and as we go through it, he flicks back through and says, oh, but what about this here, and what about this here? And so um, I say, well, just hold on wait a wee second. We'll, get, we'll, we'll go through that, and what do you think? And, but just to see someone who's really got a hunger for God's Word, those guys are, are Muslim. They're, that's their whole identity. But um, someone said that whenever a Muslim finds Jesus, that everything else peels into insignificance. And so we just pray that they would find Jesus and that all those horror questions then would be worked out. And there's a lot to work out culturally and religiously and all of those things. But if they find Jesus, then everything else will fall into place. And so that's what we just love to do. Um, I just want to share very quickly about three people to leave with you and three stories of of encouragement for us, um, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well first of all here you see George um, and we first came into contact with George um, back in December, the start of December last year um, because his wife was very sick with cancer and so they they had reached out to try and get some help and we were able to come into their lives and meet with them and take them to hospital and try and help them in any way we could, but her she was very far on. By the time we came to know her, she was very far on in the stages of cancer, and so she passed away in May. But during that time of getting to know her and her husband, George, we, I was able to visit with her, and her husband then was there every every week. And after the first initial visits, um, I was able to read with them bits of the book of Luke, and they they were really interested and especially George and so we were able to get our hands onto an audio Bible um, from other colleagues who, which speaks the, the New Testament in Chia and so we gave that to them and every time we visited, George especially always had the, the Bible on and was listening to it and just loved it and always wanted to talk about what he was listening, about Jesus and just had a great understanding and so time has gone on and he continues to listen and since his wife has passed away he is now joined in with a group of other Yao men who are studying God's word every week along with our other colleague and our colleague has just said how a blessing it is to have him because he's such a hunger for God's word and he loves Jesus and we just know God is working in his heart and it's it's just wonderful this is see God working and we know it's nothing of of us But yet God has just given us the privilege of being able to be there at those times and see how God is working and just how He was just ready. George was just ready to hear about Jesus. Mama Promise here is a good friend of mine. She is a Yao Christian, and she became a believer just a year or two before we arrived um, into where we're living. And God just put her on my path um, in the house that we first lived in when we were there and our children and her children play together and but she is on fire for the lord she became a a christian and since then she just is so keen to to witness to her family who are all muslim and to all her the people who live around her and her and her husband have i find it tough because when they tried to move back into the village where her family are from they did not want them there because they're not Yao, they're not Muslim anymore and so she they were told they couldn't live there and had to move out into the town but she is just on fire and loves to talk with me and pray with me and was praying for me coming here and and just is such a blessing in my life as well I'm so thankful for her and um and you know our children are a big part of are very helpful in our ministry too the, as I said Rebecca and Bethany but they make such a, a good way as well of reaching people because people see us as normal because they have children and then we've found ways of being able to just meet with people and the children play together but um yeah just would ask you to remember George as he's on his journey to know Jesus and Mama Promise who loves Jesus and just that the Lord would be with them help them
1: yeah and the last guy is Casimo. Casimo is um, from that village I was telling you about. And Casimo uh, just seems to understand everything, every, every passage that we read, everything that we go through. If someone else has a question, Casimo knows the answer to the question. And it's like the answers he, come, he comes out with are what well, I would say theologically sound answers. And he just seems to really get it. And I really believe that God is working in his heart. Um, I'm drawing him to himself. And I would just ask you to remember him. He he has a hunger for God's word and he can't get enough of it. And um, so we just ask you to remember to pray for him too as, as, as he's on that journey. And I believe that he will find Christ or that Christ will find him, maybe should we say. Um, but just that he has that hunger and that that will continue, that the worries and everything else of of his life wouldn't overtake that and he wouldn't forget about those things but that's that he would continue on that path you know the Yao people are very poor and they have so little compared to what we have here in the west but above everything else if they had everything in the world if they had a great health system if they had a great education if they had enough food to feed them 10 times over and they didn't have christ then they would still be lacking everything And so our prayer is that the Yao would come to Christ. And that one day we would be standing before God's throne when all the peoples of all the nations and every tongue are standing there and that there'll be Yao people there praising God in their heart language, in their own tongue. And that uh, I would be able to see my friends and my neighbors and everyone else that I've met standing there before the throne of of God and and just singing his praises as well. So I just pray that you would take the Yao on your heart and pray for them. Our time's almost up, so just to say what are our plans for the future and we're home at the minute on home assignment or furlough for the next six months or so. And so come January, the new year we plan to be back in Mozambique. Well, in Africa, should we say. And we plan just to to be there and to be continuing on in life, continuing on in just everyday living and doing more projects, working with more people, but just continuing those relationships and continuing to share about the good news of Christ with our Yael friends and, and neighbours. So I just want to say thank you once again to everyone for time and just for the opportunity to, to share. Thank you.
0: We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Banger Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org
1: slash donate.